Hello, welcome to the Alligator Sports Podcast, the sports podcast for the independent alligator. I'm your host, Brian Hernandez, and these are the stories in sports. The Florida Gators baseball team is moving on to Omaha to compete in the College World Series after sweeping the South Carolina Gamecocks in UF Super Regional at the Contra Family Ballpark over the weekend. The Gators are now 8-0 in their last eight appearances in Super Regionals, and this will be their first appearance back into the College World Series since 2018. Now with me to talk a little bit about Florida's weekend at the ballpark is baseball beat writer Luca Dragna. Luke, thank you for joining in again. Thanks for having me. And Luke, I mean, it looks like you're almost like a reoccurring guest here on our podcast now with the, the way that Florida's been playing baseball. I mean, yeah, there's not many sports going on right now. And, <laughs> you know, the only ones that are going on are just the ones that are making it deep. And this team's making it deep, so. Absolutely. And for the first time since 2018, as I mentioned before, to open up this segment, they're out of their own super regional and now going to the College World Series. So, Luke, from this one, this was a series against South Carolina, a team that swept the Gators, uh, and this was actually going to be in South Carolina at their own home ballpark. So this was the first time that the Gamecocks were in Gainesville this season, and of course, throughout this entire season, we've seen UF really dominate in a home series. But just tell us, it's kind of an overview of the weekend itself. So yeah, the narrative going into this matchup definitely was the history between these two teams because the one series, or UF only lost a couple series the whole entire year, and one of them was to South Carolina, and they were swept, and that was the only time they were swept the whole entire season, and fans weren't sure what to expect. UF is the better team on paper, but they were swept previously when they met, and so they were at home this time, so it was a different story. You know, they had the crowd behind them, which we'll talk about later in this segment. Mm -hmm. But they opened up the game, or they opened up the series, um, winning the first game 5-4. to four, And that game started off with South Carolina taking a good lead. They, they scored two runs in the first inning off of Sprout and looking a little shaky starting. And he gave up three runs in the first two innings. And it just seemed like South Carolina had his fastball timed up. Like, that's his best pitch. You know, it touches over 100, and they just had it timed up perfectly. And after the first two innings, which he'd given up seven hits in, which is just absurd, he switched to just all off-speed stuff, and they just weren't able to touch him throughout the rest of the game. I think uh, it was like 70% of his pitches after that were all off-speed. Yeah. And so, you know, South Carolina, South Carolina led off that game, scoring two runs in the first inning, and Josh Rivera actually responded later that inning with a two-run blast himself, and this was something that I wanted to mention. Each series, uh, the NCAA Regionals, Super Regionals, and SEC Tournament, Josh Rivera has hit a two-run home run in the first inning to lead off every single series, which kind of an ESPN stat, but, you know... <laughs> But still there's, an insane stat, though. Yeah, there's definitely value with that, of course, because, you know, he's just able to set momentum, lead guys at the right time, and just keep momentum throughout the game, and, which is super important in playoffs, of course. And so the long ball played the factor in that game for UF. Uh, I mentioned last week on the podcast that uh, wind played a huge factor at Condon, Fam Condon Family Ballpark, yep. and this week it did not. It helped because there was a lack of wind. It maybe even was pushing towards center field a little bit. So balls were getting out. UF had three home runs the first game, and Tyler Shelnut scored one run in the eighth, which looked like an insurance run when he initially you know, put the run on the board. But 
it did end up deciding the game in some sort of way because uh, South Carolina did hit a solo shot at the top of the ninth. So UF won that game five to four, and they needed just one more win to clinch Omaha. And they were supposed to start at 3 p.m. the next day. And rain delays played a factor in both games. Uh, game one was supposed to start at 6, and I believe it started around 8.30. And then game two was supposed to start at 3, and it didn't start until 5.30. So it was, yeah, it was actually 2 hours, 36 minutes for both weather delays, which I don't know how that happens, but it did. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, the big thing throughout this whole entire playoffs and that we saw in the last game was pitching. Hurston Waldrop pitched eight innings of no-run baseball. Uh, you know, he was brought out for a ninth. I think he was over 115 pitches when he was brought out in the ninth, and he gave up a hit. But he struck out 13 batters against South Carolina in game two. And you just knew. Like, there was no way that they were going to fumble the bag in the ninth inning. And they had that on lock. They had four-run lead. BT Rypel had a home run that game, I think. And... Yeah, just pitching really just led them to the win and to Omaha. And because I know that you talk about pitching, though, because I was going to go into, because I mean, when you talk about Friday, uh, the Friday matchup, the first one against the Gamecocks for the Florida Gators, it was that late push they had in the fifth and sixth inning, and then the pitching behind that really stood through. And of course, Saturday, where they basically clinched the Super Regional, the pitching was phenomenal that day as well. Um, but I know you probably do have a couple of takes on Florida and how they were able to really dismember the South Carolina team. But what were some of the advantages, you think? Was it just the pitching itself? Do you think it was also from the batters? But but what do you think specifically? So, yeah, I mean, in this time of year, you know, you're not going to see a lot of blowout games. So it's going to be pitching that keeps you in, you know, series and helps you move on. And, you know, every team is good. There's a reason why they're here, and that's why you don't see blowouts. And... I think UF's pitching is just, you know, kind of honed in on the right time, and they've really lit up the last couple weeks. Um, this whole entire NCAA tournament, they have a 1.6 ERA, which is, I, I don't know how that um, compares to other ball clubs right now, mm-hmm. but I feel like that's got to be the best. Um, yeah. And, you know, during the regular season, they probably were upwards of four, maybe high threes. I, I don't have an exact measurement for that, but they were winning because they were putting up runs on the board and they didn't need good pitching at this time of year you need good pitching other teams are going to put runs on the board and if you can stop them from doing that that's really what's going to help you win and another thing too um from the series which is the bottom of the order has started to come together a little bit it's it was kind of like the last couple weeks all three you know six seven eight nine or seven eight nine uh, we're not connecting on pitches. They weren't coming up at the right time. Mm-hmm. And UF was re- relying on the top and middle of the order to put runs on the board. And each game, you know, there was someone coming up from the bottom of the order that was putting runs on the board, whether that was Shellnut or Colby Halter. Yeah. Uh, Halter's five for his last 10, and I think he's hitting 350 throughout the um, NCAA tournament. And then Shellnut had a, a five-game hitting streak, which is the longest in his career which only been one year at UF, but that is the longest. And he lost at the last game, but Halter came up for them when they needed it. He scored two runs in the last game. Um, and, you know, that decided the game essentially because the other team didn't score anything. So, yeah, it's just the bottom of the order and pitching has been huge strong points for this team. 
Yes, and from this team, because I know we talked about from the bottom of the order, I mean, of course, we look at the pitching. Every single guy on the mound for UF. I mean, Waldrip pitched a total of 117 pitches. That's the most overall from the Super Regional in Gainesville. But was there a specific player that you had in mind talking about? Like, you kind of thought that he was kind of the reason why this Gator team was able to get the job done? Definitely Waldrip. I mean, you know, it's kind of hard to argue against that when you almost throw a complete game in a game-clinching you know, go to Omaha scenario. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if I were to just choose one player to, you know, say he was the reason why they're they're here now, then I would probably choose Waldrop. But I really do think that it was a team effort as well. No, absolutely. And also, before we even end this segment, we definitely have to talk about the crowd itself at Contra Family Ballpark. It was ridiculous. Two rain delays throughout the weekend However, people showed up and they stayed throughout the rain. I even saw, saw videos of like on Barstool and whatnot. People in the berm with the towels over their head waiting for this hard rain to stop. It was like raining cats and dogs basically the entire way. But the crowd itself, to give you the numbers of it, Friday's crowd, 8,439 people. Saturday, 8,851. Both of those games went back-to-back, setting largest on-campus college baseball crowd ever in the state of Florida. And overall... That is 17,290 people that made their way into the ballpark to see this Super Regional Series. But, I mean, from you, I mean, I remember you were talking about while the game was going on with the people in the media, this is the most packed ballpark you've ever seen here in Gainesville. Oh, by far. I mean, I've been to, you know, I've covered the team all throughout the spring. and Of course, there are people that come to the game, and the crowd definitely plays a factor when it's half full, something like that but it played a huge factor this weekend, definitely. And it was really surprising to see too, because I mean, with those rain delays, like everyone knows Florida weather, those raindrops are not pleasant <laughs> when they hit you. Yep. And rain is very random as well. So you don't know whether it's gonna last for a couple minutes, a couple hours. Um, and yeah, people stayed. I mean, I, I don't know where they went. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, I don't know where they went, but uh people stayed uh berms were packed before the game even started and then everyone kind of moved out like sardines and then came back again and the crowd was electric you know as as soon as anyone like stepped up to bat you would hear chants of langford or bt uh after the game probably the loudest i've ever heard it in that ballpark by far when they started the dog pile to the right side of the mound um, yeah, it just played a huge factor, and it was pretty. It was, it was cool to see, definitely. And specifically, when you think of an idea as well, also in the ticketing perspective, I know that they basically sold out all session when they came on sale through the first 15 to 20 minutes online. And there was even some tickets talking about re- verified resale. I know on Ticketmaster, I believe I saw one in section 114, $1,000 a piece. Everyone, yeah. everyone wanted to be there. It was the last home game, home series, really, for the Florida Gators this season. But now they will look on to continue their season on their way to Omaha. UF will open its time in the College World Series Friday at 7 p.m. against Virginia. The game will broadcast on ESPN. The Florida Gators track and field outdoor season is over. UF's men's team took home the program's 14th NCAA championship title, while the women's team finished runners-up to the Texas Longhorns last weekend, and the Gators overall took home seven medals as well through the championship meet. For more on Florida's title run, 
Go to alligator.org to read track and field beat writer Haley Hurt's story online. That was the sports for this week. And if you're interested for more sports, follow this podcast on Spotify or your other streaming services. And of course, we'll see you guys next week on the Alligator Sports Podcast. I'm Brian Hernandez, and thank you for listening.